You're listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Are you artistically credulous? Grab a homeopathic pixel on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Andy Goraltik. Hello. <laughs> Dr. Sergei Sherbin. Hey. Francesco Zitti. Hello. And I'm Healthy Amazon. Here's yours, Francesco! And and here we go. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Blender Institute podcast. So this week is going to be very fast. We have Annecy coming up for us, so we're really busy. Super busy. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, we want to keep this up and uh, give our usual take on the Blender community news and the new jobs that there are uh, on the Blender network and uh, answer your questions from the last week. So a lot of things actually are happening. And uh, this time I'm hosting the community news because uh, Pablo is not here. So yeah, but he will be back, of course. Yay. All right, so well, let's just get to it. And um, to start, we have a Blender Cloud sighting in the 3D Artist magazine. So Tobias uh, Gunther, he uh, told a few days ago, a nice picture from the oh, three, yeah. 3D Artist magazine. Yeah, and it was cool. So there is an article in a magazine that talks about the cloud that is really cool. Okay. How do you feel about that, Doctor? Wait, wait article is cool or cloud is cool? Yeah, both of them. I think mm-hmm. the article is about the cloud. So Also, the people that are subscribed to the cloud are very cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sergey agrees with us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was uh, that was very nice uh, shout out, and it's uh, good to see the cloud that uh, starts being noticed also that by the uh, publishers. So more people uh, are gonna hear about it and about what it offers, and uh, it, we are always happy to hear to hear about that. Then uh, moving on to uh, software. Uh, releases from the community. There is an add-on that is quite popular. It's called the Animation Nodes from Jacques Luc. And uh, it's the Animation Nodes and the release 1.6 is an add-on that uh, allows you to do animation, like node-based animation in Blender. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very nice and uh, yeah, yeah yeah why would we bother with all the dependency graph anyway then <laughs> exactly so oh come on <laughs> we can just animate everything procedurally right right uh, nah, no <laughs> why do we need healthy then why yeah are... poor healthy. wait why are we using humans to code <laughs> deep questions moving on there is a <laughs> well we do because we're cheap and poor. Did you see how Google codes? Uh, is it child labor? Uh, no, I don't. I, I think it's just some IE which which writes itself. And yeah. wow! And what do the humans do there? I mean, they have huge cafeteria. When we went there, we saw it, it was full of people hanging out. Yeah, they just sit there. Oh, wow! That's why it's so hard to get a job in Google, actually, because yeah. <laughs> you have to you give up your family. <laughs> But you can't sit behind an AI's desk and kind of nod disapprovingly, and then the AI has to figure out what the hell that person wants. No, it, it wouldn't see see you because the the webcam is turned other way. <laughs> okay, he would turn the webcam away. Yeah, while you're doing it, what are you doing, Sergey? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so there is uh, more development. The uh, PBR branch from Clement Foucault. Is uh, there is an update? So there is a release 0.4. So there is an update about uh, uh, new features mostly. So there is a, uh, the branch is about physically based rendering, and there are new shaders uh, or an Iambarvet and Toon shader, for example, screen space reflections, and uh, of course, performance tweaks. He always uh, rec- records a very nice uh, video, he puts it online, so it's on Vimeo. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can check out the progress with this branch that uh, is a very interesting testbed for. This kind of functionality, so pushing the Blender viewport to the next level. Yeah. So that's uh, it's very interesting to see where this goes. And uh, also talking about uh, things that are on Vimeo, the uh, Ideas Fijas, the studio in Argentina that is working on the feature film Kiribati, released their reel. So it's there, it's online. There is uh, some shots from the movie plus other productions they worked on. And it's very nice to see uh, such a big Blender studio putting their work out there. They are still working on the film. It's uh, been going through many phases and uh, it's we hope to see it uh, done soon <laughs> we don't know when but uh, wait which one K- Kiribati uh, yeah Kiribati yeah the one Pablo worked on yeah years ago I thought it was already released I no, never knew no it was not it's still going yeah what 
How long has this been going on? Apparently, uh-huh. making movies takes some time. Oh Thanks. no! <laughs> <laughs> How wow. do you know, Andy? <laughs> I don't know. I read. I read it on the internet in yeah. a YouTube comment somewhere. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, is, is good to see their work, and uh, they use Blender a lot. So that's uh, like two point four nine. It's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> You have still two more, and then your microphone will be... Okay, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> First strike. <laughs> All right. And um, something else is uh, some uh, uh, Blender Network jobs. So there is a very active uh, job board on the Blender Network for people who are looking for freelance gigs or full-time gigs uh, working with Blender. So I recommend you to check it out. And uh, more uh, uh, recently, there was an announcement about the... Uh, university, the University Chergy Pontois in France, they have a, a program uh, that uh, involves Blender training and uh, they are going to teach Blender, like it's a big part of their curriculum, and they are looking for uh, for a trainer, so for a teacher that uh, knows Blender. So it's a very nice uh, academic post for uh, French Blender. speaking or yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the post is international, so I'm not I'm not sure if okay. it's actually a strict requirement, but uh, yeah. And uh, um, also for, uh, there is another interesting job offer, the Blender Cycles uh, work, hair, furnish, uh, hair and fur shading for paperless animation studios. It's a studio here in the Netherlands, actually, that uh, I didn't hear from before. And uh, they are looking for an artist to do, uh, they are doing a, a animation with a hedgehog and uh, they need uh, somebody that is uh, experienced with uh, cycle shading. So check out the offers they are on the blender network website that there is a very easy search system and you can find whatever you whatever you want and to finish um i stumbled upon this today uh, it's a survey so surveys are always a very uh, hot topic so adrian kubaza uh, ice clots is uh, his nickname he posted a survey actually a few a few days ago i just noticed it today uh, about uh, the your tools for 3D daily work like what do you do what what do you use for 3D of course um i i assume that uh, many of the people who saw that survey were coming from a blender background and that kind of reflects in the uh, in the results of the survey the results of the survey are public so you can still publish and you can still uh, submit your um like uh, what what tools you use and uh, what do you use next to it? What is the feature that you use the Aren't most? Aren't we just skewing it more then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it was interesting because I saw, okay, there were like 180 replies or so. Yeah. So it was not like, you know, 10 people. I thought, okay, that's like a few hundred people who actually take the time to go through a survey and say, okay, if they are Blender users that they uh, work with other tools. And uh, so it was just a very interesting and you find the results. Of course, most people are using Blender, but they're using it maybe next to Modo. And a lot of people are still using the game engine. And uh, uh, it was very interesting to see. And uh, you can find it online and uh, you can see the results, which is the interesting part of those stats. So, yeah, always when I hear, hear about surveys yeah. or see anything regarding surveys, I'm always, because I've gone through a lot of different ones and I've seen how they get kind of skewed in yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. And it's always in the back of my mind, how did they choose their subjects? Was it complete randomness or not? Yeah. And uh, I remember reading about the, there was a US president election like uh, 100 years ago where the newspapers overwhelmingly favored one of the candidates uh, rather than the other. And then it, the other guy actually won by a landslide. And the problem was that they were relying on doing all these surveys on phone, but they forgot about like the Amish community and like all these people that just didn't have a phone yet. So, they, <laughs> so their entire thing was skewed to begin with. Yeah, definitely. But I think that if you also keep that in mind, when you look at those stats, like for me, you assume that that is something that is in the Blender circles. So you say, okay, yeah. out of the people that are using Twitter that uh, are, you know, having enough time to, <laughs> to write a survey and that are using Blender, what do they do? Yeah. So I think it's uh, nevertheless interesting to look at. So unemployed lazy people on Twitter. <laughs> Strike two! <laughs> No, but I think it's, uh, I I find those surveys very interesting. So that's, uh, of course, uh, my opinion, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's uh, move on and uh, talk about Blender development. So Blender core development. We have here one of the 
uh, we are honored to have here one of the core developers of Blender and uh, is the lead developer and maintainer of the Dr. He couldn't hold it anymore. Uh, I was trying. <laughs> I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, Sergey. So, what have you been up last week? Just mucking around. No, it, it was some, some attempts to, to, to make the Pandas graph faster and then fix some issues in proxies for healthy. <laughs> Thank you. And then I also was looking into, into making cycles working on much beefier machine that we have here in the studio. Mm-hmm. Which had 44 cores, 88 threads. And there were some limitations on Windows, which which didn't allow us to use all the cores in, in Blender and in Cycles. Oh. So I created Pachi to to unlock all the threads for 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 Cycles. I still need to be done some work to 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 make rest of the Blender using all the threads. There's still some some work to be done there, but it's not that hugely important because not so many people have access to, to, to those machines yet. That was the super heavy Intel machine, right? Yes, it was yeah. in, it, it, it was newly re released uh, E7 P4 CPU family mm -hmm. and top CPU there has for 22 cores Whoa. for 44 threads. Wow. And, and I think is that with that release they also released quite nice uh, Core i7 with I think ten cores or so, so it's 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 getting there. But when we'll have quite a reasonable amount of cores on a desktop, so it better be prepared. Yeah, so. yeah. You don't mind getting prepared to make Blender run on a hundred threads, right? Oh uh, well, if someone donates us blade server, <laughs> you have to be ready, right? I mean, yes, you can't be like, oh, we can use only half of them. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not it's like the the. Blade itself is quite cheap, and it can have like eight blades with four sockets, and it's gonna to be like a seven hundred threads, seven hundred cores, fourteen hundred threads or so. <laughs> that would be interesting to play with. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> exactly. Well, that uh, sounds great, and um, you are you're still currently working on the dependency graph. That's like for your current period. Like yeah, in these yeah. weeks is your overall main goal, right? To, yes, to work yes. out it's, it's need to, to bring the balancing graph to, to usable state. Mm -hmm. But currently struggling with making it as fast as the old one with, with uh, certain configurations. So currently we managed to make it faster on a single character, single Blender character. But mm -hmm. when, when you duplicate Blender 10 times, then FPS will down that's expected but it goes down more than it goes down in in all dependency graph mm. it's it's a bit challenging to, to to solve there because there is a trade-off of being granular because then all of a sudden you need to deal with much more uh no operation nodes in, in in the graph and it's becoming more overhead and it's uh, it's tricky I also saw that uh, email from Juan Pablo yesterday that he uh, recommended upgrading to the latest Ubuntu, um, and then he got significant speed ups. Oh, it was, it, it was ten percent. I, I I think it's either libc or something or trading thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice that you have speed up for 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 that free. There are rumors. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, but 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 uh, we never upgrade. Yeah, it it's, it's, no, it's not it's, 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 it's not a blundle attitude to update something. Yeah. Well, maybe you can upgrade uh, Shalti's machine. Yes, then. please. <laughs> <laughs> but then something breaks, and ah, that's uh, true. It's a chain of disruption. But well, but but while we'll be all away. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. next week, Sergey and Sibran are going to be here all by themselves. Change, what change, are they going to achieve? Mm. Nerf gunfights all day long. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, well, actually, talking about the breaking and upgrades and disruption, what is your take on uh, Windows uh, 7 becoming Windows 10 overnight on the billboard in the Blender Institute, sir? Uh, well, so the, the thing is, one of, one of the mornings, I arrived to the studio, and I had the, the message from Martin, who is our Windows maintainer, that, that billboard is not uh, reachable. And a Microsoft employee had broken in. <laughs> so annoying, these guys. Yeah, but, but, but then you, 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 you turn on the, the, the screen and you say, hmm, welcome to Windows 10. <laughs> yeah, <duh. laughs> so, and then what happened? 
Well, it asks you, do you uh, agree with the, with the upgrade or not? And if you don't agree, then it say, okay, that, then we are going to, to reinstall your old system back. It's like, hey, could you ask this before making any modifications? Yeah. Wow. So it actually works like that. And then when it goes back to seven, it upgrades again. <laughs> it's probably upgrade again. Like we'll keep bothering you even harder. Okay. But the thing is that, uh, that you might be telling that, yeah, you should have had the auto-update. Oh, well, it's, it was a recommended upgrade. A recommended update, which installed the upgrade application. Oh, yeah. And it happened like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, it was popping every so often. Like, hey, yeah, do you want to upgrade? No, close it and then don't bother. But at some point, it's, it's that upgrade application judge just switch to a policy, hey, we scheduled update for you. If you don't want it, you, you, you can cancel it. But when you have a billboard machine which lives on its own, you don't, you don't uh, interact with it at all for as long as it works. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's incredibly annoying. I have a laptop at home. Oh, yeah, you have it too, right? Yeah, Windows 8. And uh, I, I probably wouldn't mind Windows 10, but just the fact uh, how annoying they are about this stuff it's, I don't know, it's like uh, I'm trying to pick out a restaurant or whatever, and I'm already eating at a restaurant, and the waiter from the next restaurant, like, yeah, hey, well, come on, man, like, we got we got a better steak, we got a better, th- whatever. <laughs> I don't know, I find these people super annoying, and <laughs> and just the entire notion of, of uh, for one year now, every day when I open up my laptop, I've had to undo a scheduled upgrade to Windows 10. You're going to give up at some point. Yeah, I know. That's the strategy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back from my vacation. And, slow, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we do have some FreeBSD installation DVDs, some Debian installation DVDs, some Ubuntu. What do you want? <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, and Sergey is ready for that day. Wow. When you're going to give in, then, you know, Windows 10 or Debian yeah, is going to yeah. be... Long Linux, short Linux, hairy <laughs> Linux. We got all kinds of Linux. That's strike three, right? I'm out. Okay. Nice to see you, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Long. See you. Bye. 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 <laughs> cool. So, but basically, this means that uh, uh, you are keeping uh, Windows 10 or you actually revert back? Well, we, we, we decided to keep it because reverting back is like extra stress to all the software which was installed. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's going to break again. That's yeah. probably what uh, most of the people think. Oh, well, no, Windows 10, oh, I'll just keep it. Well, but, 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 but on another hand, it's like more, most of people are switching to Windows 10 as well. Yeah. So having some reproducible environment for, for, for them where, where, where we can say, hey, yeah, that's how we built it. And that's like kind of native environment to build Blender. Mm-hmm. And so in order to even test Blender in there, it's but, kind of handy to, 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 to have some more persistent Windows machine. So uh, if... Is the build going to be backwards compatible to Windows 7 then? Yes, build? yes. The, the, the build should be all compatible as okay. before. Yeah. So it's just the thing which runs. Yeah, I mean, you never know this Microsoft. You cannot even look at the code and see what's happening in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cheapy business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I have another question for you. Uh, it's about the Compositor branch. Oh man! <laughs> now it's not about the oh man the ten thousand. No, 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 no. Let's talk about it. Now. Let's talk about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you sound very enthusiastic about it. Well, I mean, so, how many emails did the fabricator system send to the developers today? Uh, it's not fabricator. It's 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 a separate system. So so fabricator lives on its own, and it only sends updates when you update fabricator itself. Okay. This thing is a post-receive hook. Okay. So every time you interact with this Git repository, it, it, it'll send email about what, what, what changes were delivered to, to the server and it'll must mail everyone. Well, it just mails the, the mailing list. But, but, but then it, it had limitation of 500 mail, mm-hmm. 500 commits. So if you have over 500 commits, it, it would have said, hey, it's too many emails to be sent. But we had, I, I think that was 477 or so. <laughs> Close wow. enough. Okay. Yeah, so if we committed a bit more, then it wouldn't happen. But all of a sudden, last night, they had like quarters of amount of, of well, in our inboxes. Like 
thousands of emails. Like, uh, well, it was about 400 or so. Yeah, okay, but then every developer got them. So it Every means, subscriber of yeah. BFCVS yeah. mailing list got those emails. Yeah. So it's many thousands of Wait, emails being sent. that's still CVS? Yes, it's CVS. Wow. So that's going to be 10,000 people subscribed, probably. Yeah, maybe. I, I proposed <laughs> to rename it, but then everyone thought, hmm, but then everyone would need to resubscribe on everything. But just nah. leave it as. Okay, but besides the massive amount of emails, there was also a massive amount of commits. So what is happening in the branch? Do you know? Well, it, it's a couple of commits in there. All the rest of commits from master, which were rebased okay. into the branch. Mm-hmm. But uh, we talked to, to, to Atmine here a couple of weeks ago about what we can do. And, and uh, I, think, I, I think we kind of agreed that it should be like all real time and more portable to a GPU. And mm-hmm. hopefully being working on as a, as a shader, on a, on, a, on a screen shader. So, so that's what they were playing around, I would think. But it's hard to see what's in the code there because it's it's some watch on next to, to to the existing compositor, so it's hard to tell what what exactly is happening there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one of the idea was to 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 make it more like cycles like, so we can compile it to CPU or to CUDA or to GLSM. But yeah, I really want Atomite to deliver some specification first, like established ones, mm-hmm. not just code and mess around with Git. All right. That would, that would be handy to know where it all moves so we don't uh, repeat the, the issue with the old compositor. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. So yeah. while we, we will just keep an eye on it and uh, well, there will I, be documentation. I, I'm talking in, in our series yeah. so often. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. <laughs> you should try Twitter. Hmm? You should try Twitter on Twitter. Imagine Sergey on Twitter. Uh, Sergey joins Twitter. The Twitter storm. Jesus. That would be amazing. Imagine. Why? Automatic tweets every time you commit something. I'm sure you can, I just like, committed this. And then there is the, the link. Three you know? million followers. No. Should if we... you want Sergey to join Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right? <a> Mail for <laughs> Hashtag Sergey on Twitter. <laughs> like how to disrupt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so there is a, a developers meeting. Later today, so oh, no, <laughs> Sergey loves the developers meeting, and uh, he is going to report back about it next I'll week. Probably skip it. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there are meeting minutes sent to, to the mailing list. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we are gonna read the minutes to you yes, without yes, bothering Sergey. Okay. Yes, we, we, we can just read them. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Great. Well then, uh, thanks a lot for this uh, update on the Blender development. So guys, you are working here in the studio for a deadline, right? There is a deadline coming because uh, so on, much deadline. On yes. so French deadline. So deadline. On Tuesday, as uh, we have been saying many times during the podcast, we are heading to NSC. and uh, we are preparing some material and some content for uh, the trade show. We are going to be there with a little booth, and uh, yeah, I'd like to to know how's it going. So, Kjalti. Hello. Hey. You've been animating, you've been... Yes. Posing. Posing, animating. Sanding. Yeah. Sanding down, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. We 3D printed a little sculpture of, of the agent. It's not so little. It's it's quite big. 32 centimeters of ABS plastic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've been... Yeah. So, Andy was really, uh, like, full on making this incredible model uh, out of the pose on the poster and printing it in sections and then i've been and gluing it together and now i've been sanding it down to make it look nice and you don't i'm trying to take down those little stepping marks that you see yeah. in 3d printing there's not that many though i mean it's, but they yeah, are it's, visible and if we're gonna paint them yeah exactly they're gonna be even more visible so the the idea is that it like it was already pretty damn good yeah and we're just ta- trying to take it to the next level and at this point, with my face right up against it while sanding it down, I have probably inhaled about three Lego bricks <laughs> worth of yeah. ABS plastic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just snorting it all day. <laughs> but I am almost done with the agent himself. And then um, you did this incredibly cool stand for him to stand on that's uh, taken from Pablo's uh, little test regarding the scene. 
and it's cobblestone. So it's Amsterdam cobblestones, meaning that they're crooked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have some uh, personality in them. They have attitude. They have attitude. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, uh, I've started sanding those down a bit, and then once it's all been sanded, uh, we'll glue the parts together. Well, first of all, I'm. If anyone here is familiar with like model making. Uh, we bought some green stuff, which is a bit of a clay that you mix together and then it totally hardens. Uh, so we'll fill in any tiny gap that we can find, uh, allow that to harden, sand that down, and then glue the last pieces together. After that, we'll probably wash the entire thing a bit and let it dry. And then we'll do an undercoating of black and then a whole coating of gray and then some varnish at the end. So it'll end up being just this one solid color of gray. Um, and it, so the idea is that you see the highlights and the shadows and it kind of pops. Yeah. But we won't do any dry brushing and we're not going to do um, yeah, a full-on color. Yeah, but we're going to do a clear coat on top, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so varnish on top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> totally. I mean, the, the, the idea for that was, uh, since we're going to an animation uh trade show kind of thing yeah conference Confer trade show? yeah i mean the the, yeah. the nsc is a festival conference whatever but i mean this is going to be a small trade show floor i guess yeah and uh there is going to be all these screens and people uh, running around and the, the idea was to stick out a little bit and bring something that's uh, three-dimensional yeah because of the the, the uh, experience we had with conf with these kind of situations that people gravitate towards something that you can look at and that that is kind of tangible yeah totally so uh yeah that's what we got the idea to make an actual statue and bring it with us yeah how do we bring it without breaking we'll, we'll just yeah. put it in a backpack somewhere with some tape strap okay. it to our we had outside of a backpack we yeah. never said that we thought this through <laughs> we didn't we didn't totally just gonna hold it all the way to the booth yeah. and then put it there yeah. <laughs> i don't know how are we going to bring the the, the extra screen yeah we just carry it yeah we just carry just it. hold so, it walk yeah. to the train and then how big is the screen well, keep okay. it in your lap <laughs> the screen is a 24 inch 4k display well you just, you just backpack it yeah so same with the model we'll just backpack it yeah did you see how people go to to the to the gaming contests with their computers yeah. and everything? Yeah, <laughs> it's all just in backpack with yeah. a weird shape. And, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it will be fine. It's uh, it's uh, glued together with uh, super strong ABS glue. Yeah, it's made completely out of ABS, which I'm not that fond of as a material. I mean, it's a bit toxic and stuff. <laughs> yeah, a bit. <laughs> so if you throw it away, but um, yeah. Kelty, don't forget the hot glue gun, just in case. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a worst case scenario, yeah. yeah That's really <laughs> At the night, the night before. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we just buy 10 more kilos of the, the hot glue sticks and then we 3D print. Yeah, just yeah. 3D print our glue sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, so... And yeah, besides that one thing... <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, so the, the poster, so... Um, putting together the the Boris poster and made modeled some stuff for it that was kind of just, hey, I guess that's what a blowtorch looks like. And then a stick of dynamite and then, you know, hand it off to Andy and like, whew, I hope he makes it awesome. <laughs> and yeah, it looks totally badass. It's really cool. I think that poster actually, I mean, it. I was afraid that Boris's poster would not be as good as the agents because like you got agent and Olga together and they're, they have guns and they're running and there's a lot of action, but not right now. Boris is kind of my favorite. It looks totally badass. badass. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Him with the, the blowtorch lighting a dynamite. <laughs> How yeah. badass in, can you get? Red. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then on top of that, I've been animating. I've been, I finished animating uh, the agent. There's a shot. That is, it's all just small test shots. And a lot of them, I would say not all of them sync together completely in a, in a single single style because I've, I've used the opportunity of doing this to both test the rigs from Juan Pablo, but also uh, experiment a little bit with the style. Um, and I think most of them, like there's the little sneaking animation. That one is a little bit too 
close to realism, I think. Yeah, we have got uh, some comments uh, on the cloud as well. Yeah, and but, uh, uh, totally valid comments. Um, they that one was a little bit too close to realism, and then the next one, the the one with the the briefcase where he turns around and he swings the briefcase. That one, I think, is a little bit more to uh, towards a half and half. It doesn't go all the way to like you know cloud of the tens of meatballs or anything like that. But you can see that it's not purely realism. Like I, I jacked up the uh, the timing, the overall timing of it and the snappiness of it. And then I was doing uh, the agent answering phone, and I may actually made him lip sync agent three two seven Olga or whatever. But like. But because I never actually recorded that, I was just I was just lip syncing it to nothing. So it's probably not as good as if so I had recorded. Lip -sync. No, <laughs> we can just uh, dub it afterwards. Oh no! Oh, it looks never. <laughs> no. And and yeah, and then Boris. That now has been the first time I've animated Boris, and I completed that animation now today. Um, it's interesting. It's really interesting because this is a character that is. Unlike any character I've ever animated, he has this weird ass face. And he the idea is to bring the character from the comic through. He his mouth will always be a bit crooked. So mm -hmm. kind of his lip shape will always be a little bit wavy. Uh in some aspects, I remember we talked to Martin about this. So here's a character that is always drawn with a wavy lip curves kind of thing going on. And we asked him, so what's up with that? And he's like, yeah, like, I think it's like kind of wavy or whatever. And, then, and like, it, it wasn't really sure. Like, I don't think he was sure what it was. It, it, it just move. Yeah, in, exactly. It kind of just worked on in a drawing. Yeah. And then today I tried doing a, like a wavy thing. Um, it was the most awful thing ever. It just looked weird. There was no... Like he had a chainsaw in his mouth. Yeah, exactly. There was, there was no real reason why he would wave, even though I was trying to make the animation like complement it. it. It just didn't work. Wow. Uh, just use wave modifier. Right? No! <laughs> on his face. No, no. <laughs> real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been working on. And today, uh, for the rest of the day, I'll be sanding down the model and I need to do the final animation. All right. Yeah. Which is going to be a bit of a bullet time thing, I think. And then tomorrow, uh, spray painting? Spray painting, yes. Yes. Definitely tomorrow. Lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> be cool. ready to yeah. see uh, Twitter just blasted with pictures of this thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Awesome. So, so, so the, the thing you're animating, is it available on, on, on cloud? Uh, on it will be at the end of this week. I will oh, okay. put it, at, well, probably on Monday because oh, okay. it, so, it'll so, be ready. So people can, you can see it. Yeah, you probably be able to see it on Monday uh, yeah, okay. when I post, post on, in my weekly folder. Awesome. Uh, speaking of blasting, Andy. Andy Goralczyk. Oh, I just stumbled over something on the... Oh, it's a Segway. <laughs> <laughs> So how are you doing? Uh, good, good. So, um, <laughs> did, you sleep, did, did you sleep good? <laughs> oh, can I add one more thing before, like we we go dive into Andy's brain? Uh, I saw, I saw. So doing a drama? So deep into his brain. So. Um, I saw Warcraft All right. yesterday, yeah. the movie. Yeah. I don't do not worry. I'm not going into the spoil zone or spoil room. Yeah. It's like a door on it or something. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but really quickly, um, if you uh, enjoy Warcraft, the World of Warcraft game or games or whatever, uh, the they apparently they stick true to the lore. And I would like if you're a fan of that game, I would actually recommend it uh, to other people like me uh that that kind of remember playing the first two games and then they kind of drifted off because so many other things were happening um i would say it's about six hours worth of story condensed into two and a half hours oh, wow. so it really felt rushed so there was like a, a lot of good stuff happening but it was just it was just happening at a pace where you would have these uh, violin moments where like, I, and here's my backstory and I was born in a thing. And okay, we got to go to the, like, to the next scene, to the next scene. And it, there was never really like the pacing that made you empathize that well with the characters. Okay. Uh, so, so you just need a director's cut. 
Yeah, that's which will be six hours. Oh yeah, totally. I think that's gonna happen at some point where there's gonna be a director's cut. Uh, because we were all about CG, the CG was kind of inconsistent in quality, hmm. and I was really surprised with that. I don't mean that one was terrible, like one shot was terrible and one shot was great, but on multiple levels, like uh, the lighting was really good in one shot, but then maybe next shot it was a little bit off-putting, hmm. like not off off-putting but you know you can tell like you have that cg effect mm -hmm. where you you really notice it's cg the animation in some shots is like really good and then in some shots it's pretty bad like i see weird intersections and it feels like it's it's a, a mocap that's been adapted or something mm -hmm. who, ma who made the cg was I'm it lizard or did they actually no I, th I think they they hired a studio i can't remember so, francesca do you remember no Hmm. because so, that's i remember because that's the one thing that brought me into playing warcraft 3 yeah is the cutscenes and everything because they were done beautifully like uh, blizzard of all the studios they make such amazingly detailed cinematic cutscenes. it's it's incredible yeah and, totally yeah so that's a bummer i i do think that as i was watching it i kept thinking to myself because now like there are all these uh there's different ways of telling these epic stories like game of thrones or whatever where you have these miniseries and as i'm watching this thing and as the pacing is going faster than it maybe should um i keep kept thinking to myself wow this would maybe be better said as a miniseries as like an hour long per week kind of a thing and that way you would feel maybe more immersed in the movie or immersed in the characters. Uh, but any situation where two, when, where two characters had gone through something and there was a bonding experience, it never felt real to me. Like it always felt like it, uh, it worked on, on scripts, but the entire thing was paced so fast that I'm, by the way, I'm lingering on this topic because I thought Francesco was fact-checking which studio it was. He's on his cell phone. Yeah. And he's just no, not I'm... coming in and interrupting with the answer. Yeah, well, um, now that you ask, I can actually <laughs> find, like, production companies are Legendary Pictures and the Blizzard Entertainment and Atlas Entertainment. So you can assume that they were the producers. I was looking specifically for the computer graphics, but uh, I, I didn't oh. find it yet. But uh, it's funny that uh, in the end of the article, it says the film received negative reviews and has grossed over $121 million. <laughs> I guess they're going to wipe their tears with those million dollar bills. <laughs> Actually, the budget was 160, so they're still yeah. not yeah. there yet. But, but they've been working on this for years, for a yeah. decade. Right? Like 2006, yeah. it was announced. Yeah. So it's been literally 10 years and uh, it was uh, postponed because it was very close to the releases of The Lord of the Rings. And uh, the uh, producers were afraid it would uh, it would feel too close, so yeah, it totally. wouldn't, yeah. be, wouldn't be a good moment in time to release it. Yeah. So that's what they that's what they did. And of course, because it took so long to realize, they had different directors even making bids and and coming in and out of the project. So it was a particularly long uh, production. Well, the entire thing, uh, with again without spoiling anything, but the entire thing. It was it was getting pretty obvious that they were aiming for a sequel, like they're aiming not necessarily a sequel, but sequels in plural. It mm -hmm. really felt like they're it's a franchise movie. Exactly, everything is a franchise. These yeah, days. it's true. Speaking of franchises, Andy, <laughs> yes, uh, tell me about your week. My week, um, I've been working on a trilogy. Whoa, damn. <laughs> okay, so, so your sci-fi fantasy novel is finally coming up. <laughs> I was actually gonna like pull through the segue thing. Yeah. Okay. So we're <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so we're making. Uh, we're building a booth for Anasi, and uh, we are we we need background banners for that booth. Yes. And we have three walls. So <laughs> Tan's idea was to put three giant banners into the background, and uh, um. I don't want to spoil it too much for the people who are actually going to Annecy, because I know that some of you guys are going to be there, and we'll be looking forward to meeting you. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> but here's the so, spoiler. So, uh, here's the spoilers. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, we have one banner with uh, the agent and Olga. You can actually see it on the cloud right now yes. because I up I uploaded the last version into the, the weekly folder of last week. Um, um, and one with Boris, 
the badass one. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've I've just been working on those characters and trying to get them to uh, look, pretend as if they are finished movie characters, put in all the details that you can see in the clothing, um, fixing some small deformations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, it's just a lot of detail work. Like so, getting the, the clothing pattern on the agent's suit, on his tie. What's well, going to be on the third wall? The third wall is going to be amazing. <laughs> no, it's actually just going to be an, uh, a white background, a white background <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Agent 327 written in huge letters over it. Um, and it's going to have a small, uh, some sort of uh, comic sort of, subtle background overlay yeah kind overlay of. kind of thing yeah it's a bit unclear but uh we have one more day to work on this until the banners have to go into print and uh yeah okay no spoilers yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's my week yeah and i've been working on uh, on the print as well yeah so, that takes time because i've seen you printing it piece by piece actually yeah, so right? Yeah, so the first thing I did on Monday is uh, taking the pose that Hjalti made for the for the banner, which is just the agent uh, sort of walking intently with a gun in his hand, um, and then just applying all the modifiers, uh, booleaning, boolifying everything together, um, and then to make... <laughs> Sergey is making a weird gesture. Uh Putting everything together and then dissecting it again so uh, it can be printed in multiple parts. So the head is actually one part, the torso, the legs are both uh, one part, and then the hands are separated. Mm -hmm. And I tried, uh, um, I tried actually separating it. Why is everyone laughing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I tried separating it uh, based on the real seams of the clothing, which was a great idea by Hjalti. And... Um, and then I just uh, printed everything overnight on our great uh, Lulzbot Mini printer, which I'm I'm so impressed by. Yeah, like, it's so good. It's and it's I've I've worked with three D printers before, but this guy is just I mean, assuming it's a guy, this thing is just um, so easy to set up. Mm -hmm. You you can just literally press like set up the print, press print and leave the room without without having to worry about anything you you just know that the print head will uh will, will auto uh level Calib the bed and everything yeah it's self-calibrating yeah i've never seen that before so it's uh it's it's amazing and then yeah no nozzle clogging so far nothing like the the thing just works and um before when we, when we started using the thing uh we started printing with pla because it's uh more nature friendly uh, but then at the same time we had uh, we had these I don't know these five kilogram spools of ABS, huge amount of ABS lying around here that we had to use. So um, putting the ABS into the printer was actually that was amazing because that thing really shines with the with the ABS. Like the 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 detail is super nice. There's no no drooping, no warping, nothing. It just works. It's it's but, incredible. But we had one issue with it. It's it's, 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 smells? It's no, it's the the heater thing. Remember? Oh yeah, but that was yeah. yeah. We, we had we had an issue with the printer, but uh, which was the heating cartridge that uh, just kind of broke right away. Um, but we got in touch with Lulzbot support, and they sent us a replacement hot end actually. So not even the, just the, the cartridge. We were just able to replace the entire hot end. Yeah, they yeah, went so, above so, and beyond. So, yeah. so to, to to make the printer real awesome, we, we 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 need to integrate some sort of post in there, like power on self test in there. So to also say, hey, something went wrong and what exactly went wrong and order stuff online. And stickers. Yeah. I mean it's We <laughs> didn't have stickers. No, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Oh man. Yeah. I have a I have an awesome Lulzbot sticker that I'm still I don't Hiding. know where to put it. <laughs> because my bike is kind of uh uh it's too Put on your laptop. You can 3D print laptop, a new yeah. bike for you and mm -hmm. put a sticker on it. Oh, yeah. Like awesome. Bike. 
Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I, I have to say that the uh, sticking the limbs on the seams of the cloth, that uh, especially for the arms, it works really, really yeah, well. Also, the head sense, also works. Yeah. yeah, you don't see a thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, and then maybe the next version we're gonna build with uh, with parts that come together more easily, so you don't have to guess how to glue them together. Yeah. And then also make the base kind of be. You, yeah, you have to be able to kind of screw it into the base. Um, but yeah, we're going to make those files available so people can print their own agent models if they want to. And is it easy, it. To, is it easy to scale model for print? Uh, yeah, should be. I mean, um, so someone can go crazy and print gigantic. You can size. print a huge agent, yeah, life size if you have the printer for it. Okay, cool. And yeah, I think there's going to be some problems. I think the the models, the model that we had so far is. Uh, 32 centimeters and uh, for some parts like the gun they, they are extremely small and fragile so if you print it really slow I think it's fine but you shouldn't make it smaller than half the size okay, unless you want okay, the bad print so yeah <laughs> cool well uh, then we look forward to have the files online it's always nice to see what people do with it yeah definitely and, uh, and uh, I've also been working on uh, the big bug bunny print because mm -hmm. I rem a couple of months ago I sent uh, a big bug bunny print to a popular printing professional um, SLA printing service and I got it back and it looked a bit disappointing and uh, it was really expensive. Like it cost like 180 euros or something like that. And it's a big bunny and you want that big bunny to look good, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, um, actually I, I want to send that bunny to the printer, to the Lulzbot printer and then just uh, See what happens. compare it. Yeah, I'm, wow. I think I'm going to be blown away. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that. And it's going to be exactly the same size or... Yeah, I think it's roughly, it's going to be a bit smaller, around 15 centimeters, because the build platform is 15 centimeters square. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm also going to put the, the files for that into the cloud so people can print their own bunnies. I think that will be really cool. Army of bunnies and Dutch secret agents. <laughs> That's Amazing. our plan. Yeah. <laughs> and llamas and penguins. Oh, that'll Everything. be cool. Okay, well, that's great. I think that uh, sums it up for our current studio activities. And uh, we can move on to our final part, which is uh, the Q&A. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are always awesome and uh, ask us questions on the cloud and we read them and we answer them. So... Except last week when we didn't. <laughs> well, there weren't any questions. I checked it, I think. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> It was totally on purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so Andy. Um, the first question is by Luciano Munoz. Uh, do you guys get mad at each other, fight or anything? What kind of human troubles do you get at the studio when under the pressure of production, do things get heated up? What kind of weapons do you use? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have... On, and well, no, like on, on Tuesdays, we have the blend off. So we have to tie like two hands together and then in the other hand there's a 3d printed knife <laughs> that is totally making <laughs> everything oh, and come totally on, man. Hate each other and yeah. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. we're still in the same room for yeah. so long and <laughs> yeah. yeah at the end of the podcast you just go away and say oh, <laughs> I don't, don't want to see them anymore <laughs> well um so i think for the most part like not a lot of trouble i think uh well i did give andy a certificate signed by me um i still have it yeah he yeah. still has it so what? what is this no it was uh like why didn't you give me a certificate i think it was a day where i had a comment but then later that day i also had another comment on something and i was like oh man my quota for the week is out and I, it and wasn't I, like two. It was more like ten. Yeah, probably so. ten. Yeah. Like okay. I have, mm -hmm. I have a yeah. And it has a tolerance. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. it looks like you. No, like be. everybody has a healthy threshold. No, for I'm, it. I'm totally fine. <laughs> like that's why I didn't use it so far. Yeah, I've been waiting. Oh, so, for that. so what did you do? What did you? So do? I made this little uh, certificate or license. Yeah, it's a license to shut me up. 
and it has a stamp on it. It has my signature and everything. So and it, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so at any point when I start yapping away <laughs> without thinking, sometimes it's not even a legitimate comment. I'm just thinking out loud like an idiot. Mm. <laughs> awesome. So I'm going to wait for the special occasion oh, to no. give you that license. Yeah. <laughs> but You're you, not you, going to expect it. Is it reusable? Can you yeah, you, don't, you actually don't have to return it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's multi-use. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not limited to any use? Nope, nope. Check, check the fine print. Okay, <laughs> okay. Good. Well, can, then can, I can, can, just... can you borrow it now for me? <laughs> no, 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 no. It has only been issued by uh, Meinherr Goralczyk. <laughs> so, 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 so he cannot borrow it to someone else? No, no. It's non-transferable. Uh, no, Come on. No. No. Basic, <laughs> basic stuff. Oh, it's man. Uh, for Andy to tell Hjalti to shut the hell up. So, yeah. That actually, sorry, sorry. it says that. <laughs> Where is the corner which I go cry in? Uh, oh. So, yeah, we do a lot of crying in the corners, but uh, I think uh, overall we we communicate a lot about the uh, things that are going on. So even if there are issues or even if there are disputes, we just, uh, you know, uh, talk about the things. So you, you usually get confrontations when things build up too much and then people snap at each other. And yeah. if you don't have that, then it just doesn't happen. But there's never any personal. It's it's always like there's a there might be a heated discussion about something because people are really passionate about what they are like what we are doing because most of the what we're talking about involves the stuff that we do it from uh, like every day exactly and we love what we're doing every day yeah. so um yeah but but after that discussion it's usually back to normal everything is nice and uh, I'm fine yeah exactly yeah totally so yeah that's uh, that's pretty much it. All right, uh, no, I put the questions away. I'm not used to doing this, sorry. Um, I'm so lazy. Nicholas Phoenix asks, um, do you plan on making a tutorial about preparing, rendering, and audio spatializing and publishing VR on YouTube? And, oh, do you plan to make Blender able to directly export MP4 with the correct metadata? It is the correct metadata. So it's, while to, it's not VR metadata. To, yeah, but to, to answer the questions, because I think he knows what he's, uh, what he's talking about, um, the, the process of making a video ready for YouTube is uh, quite straightforward, but I think it would be nice to document nevertheless. So yeah, yeah. The, the pipeline was very similar to what we had for the release of Caminandas itself. So that part was uh, uh, the same. The spatial audio is not something we did directly here. We uh, collected some documentation. We had a talk with our sound designer, Sanders, and uh, he did the actual sound mix. So I think it's it would be nice to document it. There are some open source tools for uh, creating the uh, spatial audio, and I think it's nice to have that process documented on the cloud. And then the final part uh, about the metadata itself, uh, Google provides you with a metadata injector, and uh, it's a uh, it comes in uh, two formats. One is a, a Python command line utility that you can run against the file, and uh, the other one is a, a GUI tool for OS X and Windows. So, <laughs> yeah, Linux, of course, you have to use the command line. But the problem is that you could have Blender to support that uh, that uh, spec, but it changes. Um, it doesn't change too fast, but it changes and is really platform specific. So, it, the so, so it's like having a YouTube metadata or some cardboard metadata or something. No, it's just uh, it's not even related to. It, it's like some metadata that then when you upload the file to YouTube, yeah. then when YouTube is processing it, it treats it as you would expect. So as a spherical video with a stereo, and if it has a spatial audio, it knows that it's uh, gonna have to render spatial audio and stuff like that. And uh, frankly, I think uh, at some point this might even go away because it doesn't make a lot of sense to tag this with the metadata on the client side because you can do your tagging wrong because the tagging specification can change and it should be something that you can do on the YouTube side once you upload the video. And that's something that you can do, for example, with Facebook video upload. You can upload the video and then you tell Facebook this is a 360 video and then Facebook shows you the video in 360. But for some reason, they don't do it uh, yet in YouTube. So, I mean, it's something that can be looked at, but is uh, so specific and it's still not really uh, formal. Like it, it changes quite a bit that maybe we can wait a bit. So much for all the top quality coders. <laughs> 
So. Anyway, anyway, can 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 we use the 3D audio for, from Blender actually? Because we have 3D audio on Viewport. York was working on this, and you can create some sound effects and move them around. And yeah, that would be amazing. Well, spatial audio output. I think it's something that York uh, would be maybe interested in. I mean, it's an open so, spec. It used to be, but, uh, we, but we have some 3D sound already. Is, is, yeah. is it different? I. That? Well, the thing is that there is that there are a variety of formats and containers. It's pretty much like for video, right? So there are a bunch of specification, and then everybody implements it in the way they want. And then uh, service providers they only accept one or another, so you have to conform. Uh, but maybe maybe it's even compatible. Yeah, but, but, but what I mean is, in uh, like instead of doing it in a mic, like, like by, by the the sound guy to mm -hmm. to make sure that something that sound changes from left to right if it moves, mm -hmm. you can just create a sound source. A sound source in Blender and mm -hmm. just move that source, and it will be rendered in, into a proper mix between uh, of all the channels. Yeah. Well, I mean, in theory, it is possible, but it really depends on how the spatial audio is uh, okay. output okay. because uh, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, in the in the 70s. This was a heavily patented um, field because there was a lot of innovation happening in the ambisonics and spatial audio mm. field, and now most of those patents are uh, most of those patents are expired. So it's actually very open uh, what is out there and also the techniques and there are implementations, open source implementation for these things. So if if, if yeah, it's so already in Blender, that would be just interesting to see if it works. So okay. yeah, why not? Yeah. All right. So I think that uh, that is it regarding the metadata and uh, and VR for Google. And the last question by uh, Hide Janssen. For the animators, uh, do you guys ever use animation layers? I prefer editing my animation in a non-destructive way. Do you guys, guys take a more traditional approach for projects like Caminandas, Gooseberry, or the Agent Project? Let me ask all the other animators. Hey, Sven! Janus! <laughs> They're all Icelandic? No, none of that was Icelandic, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I don't know, that sounded Swedish. Um, yeah, I don't. I I would rather not use uh, animation layers. Um, there's there's a reason for not using it. Uh, there's um there are instances where you might want to use animation layers, um, but they are few and far between. Uh, and when I was doing animation mentor, one of my mentors were uh, did a talk about this, and he really described why and why not and i tried it myself and i realized that yeah it's true that um you're not on the face of it it sounds like you're solving issues but in fact in the long run things are just not as well animated you have a harder time controlling things um, when you're doing a polishing pass all of a sudden something is jumpy and that arc in the wrist isn't moving properly and you have a hard time figuring out, figuring out where exactly the problem is because at this point there's too many variables to keep track of. Um, yeah, that's kind of my answer. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I could do a long-winded answer, but nobody's going to want that right now. <laughs> you can create a tutorial. I can, no! How not to use. How not to use, no. <laughs> yeah. But this is why I, I don't use the NLA, for example, in Blender. Mm -hmm. um, Isn't the minor reason that it doesn't work in Blender? It, well, it used to, at least at some point. But yeah, I, I mean, the, there are instances where it kind of makes sense. So like, you know, in Sintel, you have the f like a flying dragon and it turns and does whatever. If it's a dragon that's flying cyclical flight cycle or whatever, but you need some variation or whatever, if it's in the background, if it's not the hero character, whatever, and you're kind of on a budget, then yeah, sure. Um, if it's the actual dragon and it does anything else than just being completely cyclical. Which it should. If it's which, a yeah, exactly. Right. Which is going to be the, the case. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want that. You, don't, you want 100% control of what is happening on the screen at any given moment. Uh, okay, that was kind of a long-winded answer. It was a medium. It was a medium. Yeah, medium that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it for the questions. Um, all if right. we've missed anything, uh, we're sorry. We're going to answer them next week. Yeah, definitely. If so you have more questions, let us know. Drop us a comment in the cloud. So will the next episode be be recorded live in... Oh, live. 
in, in Annecy. Live. Will, yeah, it yeah. will be recorded live in Annecy yeah. and then published. Published, yeah, yeah. published the yeah. day after. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> are just straight to the YouTube. Oh no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, crazy. So unedited. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, Whew. the plan is to take the microphones there, at least have a small setup, and then just sit down, maybe at a quiet hour, and record it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. So we will try to do that, and I think it will be very fun. It will be fun. Yeah. Are you going to interview someone? <laughs> Are we, we not fun enough? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we can actually pull a ton in front of a microphone for the first time. Whoa. Uh, yeah, it would be nice. I have a feeling that. No, he's going to be insanely busy. <laughs> might exactly, but uh, yeah. it, would, it would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. All right, we can get him now. <laughs> Okay, so I think that yeah, that is it, it for this episode. Yes. So thank you very much for tuning in and uh, see you next time in Annecy. Yeah. See you. See you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Are you being blinded by your own shininess? Wash off that lubricant on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org.